The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Calling all men. It's now your time for your show with your coach, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's a show where men can be men. Now here's the coach who has your back, Linda Gross. Welcome, everybody, to a new edition of the Men's Advocate Show with your host, me. That's Linda Gross. If you're listening to us on Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, you are on with us live. So what that means is is you can call in to the show, write down this number, 951-922-3532. That's 951-922-3532. Three, two. We have a great show on today. We're going to, uh, as you know, um, one of my monikers is called the Advocate. So I like following uh, men's rights. Uh, today's topic: We're going to revisit uh, lifetime alimony reform. Uh, we have on my get. We have on the show today Steve Clark, who's been a guest on my show a couple of times. He's the California representative for alimony reform and today our spotlighted guest is Steve Hitner. And the reason why I wanted to have him on the show is because there are about 30 states that are trying to reform alimony and bring it up to modern times. And Steve, in his state, has been successful. So uh, he's the only state in the union so far that has gotten this uh, act passed through his uh, legislature. And we're going to be talking to him in just a moment. So um, if you happen to have missed last week's show, we were talking about the good guy rule. And the good guy rule is on the early stages of dating, make her wait. Just like poker, don't throw away your hand too early, which means that don't show all your cards all at once. Don't give all your nice guy attributes all at once. Just like she's withholding sex, you as a guy should withhold your nice guy attributes for a little while. Make sure there's reciprocity there before you reveal more of yourself. All right. So if you happen to have missed uh, last week's show, you can go to the TuneIn app and catch our show either live or on demand. You can listen to this. It's free at any time. Um, and just Google uh, TuneIn forward slash Linda Gross, and it should take you right to my site. All right. So let's hop in to um, our guest today, which is uh, Steve Hitner, and um, let's see, he is a divorce coach, he's a consultant, he's a mediator, and he's president of the Massachusetts Alimony Reform. Um, he's part of the 2011 Alimony Reform Task Force, and he's also on the Council of Family Mediation. Welcome, Steve Hitner, to our show. Thanks for having me. Awesome. We're also we're also having our our guest uh, our California representative. He's the executive director of the California California Alimony Reform. Steve Clark, welcome back, Steve. Thank you very much, Linda. I appreciate you having me on my show and the show. <laughs> it's not your show yet. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Okay, so um, Steve, why don't you give us a little bit of background, uh, tell us a little bit about your personal life, what happened, you got a divorce, and then why you decided to spearhead this effort uh, in your state. In California. Okay, so um, basically I was uh, going through the divorce process about three years ago, and after the expense and emotional turmoil associated with a long and very drawn-out uh, divorce process, uh, I decided something needed to be changed. And keep in mind, 
the only year, the primary point of contention throughout the whole divorce process was the subject of alimony. And um, that was the whole point and the reason why we ended up going to court and spending, you know, I ended up spending over $100,000 in my money. And um, that's money that was, could have been taken, that was taken away from our daughter. So clearly I thought it was a process that was broken and needed to be fixed. Awesome. And Steve Hittner, why don't you tell us your story, a little bit about your personal background, um, what happened post-divorce, and why you wanted to uh, spearhead this effort. Yes, I had a similar story. Um, I had a very contentious divorce, and um, I represented myself in a modification to try and lower my alimony uh, when my business started to fail. And I realized that... um, it wasn't the judges and it wasn't the lawyers. It was the law that I was fighting, that, that I was up against. And that the only way that I could ever have a life or win was to change that law. Everybody, of course, told me I was nuts. I suppose I am nuts. But uh, that was, I, I formed an organization called May Salomon Reform. And the interesting part about it was that when I set the website up, I started to become, uh, women started calling me. These were second wives whose income was being used to uh, to raise the amount of alimony that the ex-wife was getting when when she had, would get married. Uh, Steve, let me uh, hold hold that thought for one second. Let's expand on that point because a lot of our listeners might have might have skipped over their their heads with that. So what that means is the guy has now married wife number two, and the the legal system is now taking the income from not only the ex-husband but from wife number two. So it's the combined income of the ex-husband, you know, joint, right? Correct. And that's what they're using to determine how much alimony should be paid. So the question, you know, it begs the question, is this fair? I mean, it's one thing for the guy to pay, but then to have it be jointly paid um, through the hard labor of the, the new wife kind of doesn't seem fair. <laughs> well, it depends on how you look at it. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I was, I've been credited for and why I was successful is because I was able to understand why the laws are as they are. Uh, they morphed from something that was intentionally to be helpful to both spouses. And then something what they, that they call case law came along at various times, which uh, changed things. Let me give you an example. There was a guy who was paying alimony to an ex-spouse, and he uh, remarried a very wealthy woman and said, huh, I don't have to work anymore. And since I'm not working anymore, I don't have to pay alimony. Well, when you think about it, that was his choice. He still had the obligation to pay the alimony, and the court said, "Well, since you have a, uh, you still have the obligation, uh, get it from your new wife if, if that's what you're going to do." And well, someone used that decision to further on to somebody who was got remarried, with and uh, then they combined both both incomes because the it would say that the payer had a greater ability to pay since he got married to someone who's also working. And then the ex-spouse is going for a modification based on that and get it. So uh, so over time, this became law, where wow. the original intent was for someone who was trying to beat the system on the, and, and avoid paying alimony, became a law that caused someone to have to use his new wife's income to, to keep the other wife, the ex-wife, uh, in a better state. That's crazy. It kind of sounded like it was a flip comment, like a throwaway comment, and then it like turned into law. Like, who would have thought that it would have gone from point A to point B? Craziness. What's, it, what's interesting is, as I look at the laws in the various states, the older the state is, the more crazy some of these laws are. Um, when people think about alimony, um, they don't realize that alimony was first discussed in 1785. B.C., the Code of Hammurabi. And that was discussed in Massachusetts in 1785 A.D. and uh, the Massachusetts Constitution. It was based on English law and European law that dated back 2,000 years earlier. 
Steve, you have it. Steve, yes. I'm sorry. Steve Henner, I'm sorry. Please hold that thought. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the history of alimony law, how it got started. Um, if you want, to, if you haven't done so already, please hit like page on my Facebook fan page. Same name as the show, uh, the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. If you can't call us, you can uh, tech, you can private message me or leave a message on my wall, and I will read your question to our guests. See you right back after the break. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Do you have a business or are you thinking about starting one? Do you have contracts, leases, and other documents that need legal review to ensure you are protected? If so, contact the law offices of Michael W. Brown for assistance. With over 20 years experience advising clients on business matters, they provide practical legal advice to help you succeed. Their goal is to give the right answer for you, not just the legal answer. Initial consultations are always free. Visit mwb-law.net or call 949 949- 636-8128. That's the law offices of Michael W. Brown. 949-636-8128. Hey guys, want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Tackle relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's www.themensadvocate.com slash coaching. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. We proudly rejoin our programming with The Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross. On KMET, 1490 AM, Smart Talk. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show. We have two fabulous guests on today. Life, we're talking about lifetime alimony reform. Is it necessary? Is it needed? Should we allow the, uh, the, the spouse to continue to receive lifetime alimony or should we step into the year 2015? These laws are antiquated from 50, 60, 70 years ago and they're probably not relevant. So that's what we're talking about. If you want to chime in on this topic and have a question or comment for either of my guests, the number is 951-922-3532. That's 951-922-3532. You can also leave a message on my Facebook fan page, uh, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. If you're too shy, leave me a private message on that on that area. So we were talking, uh, oh, before I get into that, I also want to welcome uh, two brand new sponsors of my show. Uh, the first sponsor is Fitness Inked. This is a uh, Fitness Inc. magazine. It's Southern California's first magazine devoted to tattooed 
fitness models. So they're going to show you the hottest fitness models in Southern California. They display a line of uh, athletic clothing, workout supplements, and all the best fitness articles in the industry. That's fitnessinc.com. My other brand new sponsor this week is Blue Dragon Life Coaching. Um, I want you to check him out as well. You can get, you can improve your results in weight loss, um, your goals, intelligence, career, and relationships. And they they have very easy to follow br- digital blueprints that lead to instant results. So check out both of my sponsors, and of course, um, my existing sponsor, Law Offices of Michael W. Brown. He's a business attorney. And um, we'll be touching base with him soon as well. All right. So anyway, let's hop back into our program. Uh, uh, Steve Hitner, we were talking just a moment ago about the history of law. You were talking about Hammurabi law and English law and bring that forward to uh, across the pond. And how did those laws affect us? Well, when the first constitutions were written for the states, uh, they fashioned them on English law. And you had a um, society at the time where women didn't work, women didn't have jobs. It was the men who went out and got the food and the clothing for them and worked the fields, and the women would have stayed home and raised kids. Uh, And that's the way that it was. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, there were were countries involved where uh, if a woman got divorced, she couldn't remarry. And she couldn't go back and live with the family because she was uh, wasn't unclean or whatever you want to any way you want to describe it uh, based on the way they thought about it. Mm-hmm. So it was up to the man uh, wanting to get a divorce that was fine, but he had to take care of the ex spouse uh, for life, no matter what. Uh, now that wasn't bad during the time when people were dying in their 30s and 40s. Uh, not even so bad when people were dying in their 50s and 60s. But I remember driving to the state house one day to work on the Alimony Reform Committee thinking about how, geez, you know, my ex-wife could live till she's 90. I said, oh, my word, what am I going to do? I can't work till I'm 90 years old paying alimony. This does not happen in today's society. Uh, and uh, as I was saying before, the, the, the older the state, the, the more likely you had these archaic laws that have never been changed. Uh, the interesting thing about it is that uh, you have... Uh, Several types of people, uh, factions who are against the ref- uh, alimony, uh, and they're very—they all have the same theme. They have a, a uh, theological belief that people need to be taken care of, uh, and that the alimony is a is a is, is a right uh, uh, because of the time they spent in the marriage. And I'll tell you what—I would rather fight somebody over money than fight them over a theological belief. Uh, well, I mean, back in the day, um, you know, that belief system was applicable. I mean, it, you know, w- women were not educated; they were not formerly in the workforce. They did not; they did not have a means to raise their family. You know, they they, they didn't en- enter the job force. So, back in in time, that that law was applicable. Now, right. when seventy percent of the women are working. Um, and then a good portion of them are educated and, and, and do have high, high paying jobs. And in fact, in a lot of cases, women now are out earning the men. So, you know, those laws might have started in the 50s, I would say. And here we are like some 60 years later and the laws are kind of not relevant anymore or not as relevant as they were, uh, you know, back in the 50s. I couldn't agree more, but the problem you have is convincing people. Of, of that fact. I'm getting an echo. Brett, we're, get, we're getting a little bit of an echo. Brett, th- thank you. All right, try again. Uh, uh, I Hitler. learned that in order to fix the bad law, you have to have an argument that people can't argue with. Uh, the problem you have is that because the law is morphed the way that it has, it's become the Wild West. Uh, when it comes to divorce law. And, and uh, whoever you go in a county, uh, you're going to get a different decision uh, based on what, how qualified the lawyer is and if they're able to convince the judge that it applies to different case law or different statutes. 
So right, let's let's, spe- let's, let's spell out the law for our listeners. Like, what is on the table? So the, the law that's in question for many of the states across the country is if you're married less than 10 years, the alimony benefits are one half of the marriage. If you're married uh, exactly 10 years and over, th- that's the category where the trailing spouse may get lifetime alimony. Uh, Actually, it's more like 20 years in many states. But the issue is, you, when you talk about that, you have to have an argument that wins. Uh, as I was saying a minute ago, there's no consistency and predictability in these states. You go to one place, to one courthouse, you get a different judgment than you get in another courthouse. And the only way you need consistency and predictability is with guidelines and structure. Uh, and once you get them to believe in that, you're going to get some change in the law. But every state is different, and it's, a, it's based on state... Uh, states' ability, uh, ability to have independent independency from the federal government. I think there ought to be a universal statute for, for divorce law. Uh, that's uh, that's in every state. That's a federal law. Is what I think it should be. But that's another state. That's another uh, uh, story. I, I I agree with you. I think it should be uniform and it should be federal law. What's causing the states to maintain the power? I mean, what's well, the argument opposed to that? Why would they want to leave it up to the states in the first place? Well, we had a civil war because of the same situation with slavery, where the states wanted to keep their own uh, their own uh, ability to to write their own laws and do what they want to do. Right. So you have the independence of the states wanting to control the uh, divorce laws, uh, just like uh, the marriage laws. I mean, you have a Supreme Court rule on gay marriage. Uh, to be a federal thing. Uh, but uh, because the states have different ideas about that. You have different ideas in states on marijuana use, on speeding. You know, I can drive 75 miles an hour in uh, Colorado, but I can't drive 75 miles an hour in Massachusetts. So every state has their own ability to, to make their own laws. But uh, as I see it, uh, if you have a situation that you have uh, with alimony, uh, Rather than fighting with the federal government to make a change, you know, I'd say stay in the state level, but you've got to convince them that there is uh, trouble in the village. Uh, the legislature trouble in the village in order for them to want to do anything. Uh, what I mean by that is that legislators don't act unless they think that there's a problem in their area. I call it trouble in the village. And when you educate them to the fact of what the laws are and how it's affecting people, they tend to buy into it. Um, they they don't like being told what to do, but they want the evidence of the problem. Uh, we call them the horror stories. By publishing horror stories, what was really happening, we were able to get some some uh, uh, some traction through the media and through the legislators saying this is horrible. It can't be happening in my state. They didn't believe it. Most people say, well, Joey got a bad deal, or or Janet got a had a better lawyer, and this and that. It's not the case. It's just bad law. They're not even aware of how bad the laws are. When we, when I first went to the state house to discuss this, the legislature said, "What's alimony? What three years today? There's no alimony anymore." And the second wife said, "Sure, it doesn't happen." Um, I remember sitting on a task force where we discussed the second wife's issue, and uh, the chief justice said it didn't happen. And then the lawyer that I had representing my group uh, rose his hand and said, "Judge, I'm sorry to say, but I see this all the time." And he looked across the table and looked at the other lawyers in the room, and they said, uh, guys, come on, don't be afraid of the judge. It happens, doesn't it? And they said, well, yeah, it does happen all the time. And the judge said, oh, my God, we have to fix this. So even the judges aren't aware that this is happening. Right. So maybe the same success tactics that, um, that got the gay marriage rights approved, maybe we can use similar tactics in this arena. Like it oh, yeah. didn't it didn't languish in the states for that long. I don't think the gay the gay marriage um, act. So you know why are why is alimony reform languishing for years and years? You know at a state level, because I, the gay marriage issue doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah, alimony does. If someone loses alimony, they can uh, they can go on the street if they haven't prepared for it. And that's the other issue that you have. You have a situation where uh, people want to make the alimony law the uh, the permanent alimony go away retroactively. But you can't make it go away retroactively. You can allow someone to file for a modification to, uh, to terminate uh, based on the duration of their marriage or if somebody remarries, these different, different reasons. 
what we what we passed is a law that said when a person reaches their full retirement age, uh, where they can get their full retirement benefit from Social Security, then their money would end. But they would it just doesn't end automatically unless it, unless it's a new divorce. For an old divorce, they'd have to go in for and apply for a modification. Right. Uh, just if if you've just joined our show, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. You're on with my guest, uh, Massachusetts Advocate um, for Lifetime Alimony Reform, Steve Hittner, and also the California Representative, uh, Steve Clark. We'll be back with you uh, just in the, just uh, after the break, and we're talking about alimony reform. Should it be passed or not? What's your life like right now? Do you ever wish it could change? I have news for you. It can. Blue Dragon University has easy-to-use digital blueprints that lead to instant results. Improve your weight loss goals, intelligence, career, and relationships quickly. Our simple proven techniques at Blue Dragon University will cognitively help you perform better. Blue Dragon has the key. Check us out at bluedragonent.com. That's bluedragonent.com. Let's boost your life today. Hi guys, you've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, Real Truth About Women That'll Change Your Life Forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman and if you want to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now. And don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Ready for a change? Check out Fitness Inc. magazine, Southern California's first magazine devoted to tattooed fitness models. From the beaches of La Jolla to the gyms of Los Angeles, we find you the hottest models in SoCal. We have a full line of athletic clothing, workout supplements, and the best fitness articles in the industry. Find us at fitnessinc.com. That's fitnessinc.com. Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM, where men can be men. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about uh, changing lifetime alimony reform. I have on my two guests today, Steve Hittner, who is the Massachusetts uh, Task Force member. By the way, I'm going to put all this information on the Facebook fan page, so you don't have to worry. You'll have that all at your disposal. But you can reach Steve at uh, usdivorcemediation.com. That's usdivorcemediation.com. And Steve Clark, who is the California representative, uh, he's the executive director for the California Alimony Reform. You can reach Steve at California. California. <laughs> I know. I'm getting an echo, Brett. Sorry. Uh, CalAlimonyReform.org. CalAlimonyReform.org. And um, like I say, I'll put this on the Facebook fan page so you'll have all the contact numbers, websites, all that kind of good stuff uh, on on at your disposal. So um, 
Steve Clark, with regard to uh, California, uh, he wanted to push home, um, you know, you might be listening and saying, hey, this law doesn't apply to me. I don't have to get involved. You know, I don't really care. This happens to people who have been married for over 10 years, and that's not my problem. But what I want to let you know is when you go for a marriage license, none of the, these laws are disclosed to you. So the outcome of in the event that it's not a happy marriage and the marriage has to come to the come to an end, you are not pre-informed before signing that marriage license how your state's law applies to you. So I would say um, be knowledgeable, be informed. Uh, write to us, write to any three of us, and we'll give you information or do your own Google search, do your own information. But I think uh, moving forward, um, Steve Steve's uh, mandate was to get 400,000 signatures on a petition for the upcoming ballot. We fell um, quite a bit short of that, so he wanted to stress growing the volunteer network. So for the year 2016, Steve, what's your plan with regard to um, expanding that network and how important is that? Yeah, we're looking to grow the volunteer network to over 1,000 people um, because currently we're at about 120 uh, members and we, you know, it's not, it's not feasible for someone to collect 1,000 signatures. Um, so we're looking to grow it to over 1,000 and then my plan is to resubmit the initiative uh, in the next election cycle. Uh, once we get past that 1,000 volunteer mark. Additionally, the other thing that we're doing is we are forming a committee uh, to influence the legislators in California um, such that we'll try to get the laws passed through a bill as well, too. So we're going to try to attack this this problem from both angles uh, in the coming year. Um, But it's also important that we continue to grow our network. So for those of you who are listening who want to join this effort, please email me at uh, stevecalalimentaryreform.org. That's steve at calalimentaryreform.org. Awesome. And then, Steve Hittner, what is your agenda? How how did you uh, achieve the success in your state? You said that you went about it a different way. You went about uh, finding out what the law was, why was that law formed, and, and you went about it from a legislative point of view. Tell us a little bit about your success story and how you and what you would like to impart to other states who, who might be following your lead. Well, first of all, uh, most legislators will not talk to anyone if they're not a constituent. Um, and uh, you have to get uh, people in their districts to go to them and tell them they have a problem. They're 80 years old and still paying alimony. The law is crazy. It needs to be fixed. Can you help me get a bill in? And then you have someone else to go to the same person with a similar problem. Once two or three people go to that legislator legislator with the problem, they know there's trouble in their village and they'll be willing to do something about it. Um, If you try and tell them to, to do something, with an outside group, they tend not to want to listen. They'll, they'll give you some, uh, they'll be polite to you, but they're not going to do much about it. They have too many other things on their plate to deal with. Uh, so you have, to, you have to back up these people's problems with their horror story, with written horror stories of what's happening to them, get some media attention to it, uh, to, 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 to grow it. Um, then you have to understand what they're, why the laws are what they are, and, and be able to talk their lingo when you do talk to lawyers. If you don't get the backing of the legal bars, you have a problem. Uh, because the people who are deterrent, deterrent to the alimony reform will find a way to, to beat you. I'll give you an example. We passed a law in Massachusetts that said that the alimony reform applies to everyone. It was written very clearly. It applies to everyone uh, whenever they were married. However... Uh, the uh, SJC, Supreme Judicial Court, decided that they wanted to, to interpret it a different way uh, and took out the ability for someone with a uh, for retirement or with a, a cohabitation issue to go back. Uh, but they allowed for the duration limit issue. Now, because we have a good relationship with the legal bars, it's the lawyers who are helping us fight to get this thing back and rewrite the law. Help us to fix this. 
someone who wants to, to mess this uh, reform up, they'll find a way. But you have to have the backing of the lawyers and the judges to want to make this right and change this law, otherwise you'll never get it done. How did you get the backing of the lawyers? Because a lot of lawyers uh, whom I spoke to, they said, oh, we don't want to get involved because some of our clients are women or the trailing spouse uh, person, so we don't want to, you know, piss off those people, so they didn't want to get involved. So attorney, for you, how, how did you get their backing? Attorney, doesn't it feel lousy to you that you're charging someone $100,000 to represent them and you can't even tell them what the outcome's going to be? Wouldn't you like to have some predictability to a law so that, you know, if you go to court with a similar client in one county and you go to another county with a similar fact pattern, you get the same result? Wouldn't that help you practice? The attorney has to say yes. Well, the only way you're going to get that is with consistency and uh, predictability is with guidelines and structure. And these are the problems, and this is what we recommend to fix them. But we don't write law. We don't know the, the, the nuances of, uh, of old uh, statutes. Uh, we need you to help us fix this. And why wouldn't you want to be for this lawyer? Uh, and that's how. Uh, we had uh, what was interesting, the reasons why the attorneys were against it was fascinating. Some attorneys were against it because they were afraid to alienate judges. Some attorneys uh, felt that they didn't see that type of thing in their area of practice. Uh, but uh, in the most part, when we talked about that, and the right to retire, someone doesn't, we're not against alimony, we're just against alimony for life. You know, it's got to end at some point in time when someone can retire. Why should the receiving spouse be entitled to retire at 35 years old and the payer have to work till they're 90? doesn't make sense. And these are arguments that you can win. So with regard to the attorneys, you're saying if... Um if the maybe eighty percent of the uh, check marks are clicked off, that the attorneys can come from a place of consistency. That maybe only twenty percent of legal matters should go before a judge and let the judge rule on whatever those exceptions are. That the main body of of the law should be consistent and replicatable. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and there should be safety valves for outlying cases. So that if you have someone who really deserves uh, to have alimony for life, they should get it. For instance, I believe strongly that if, uh, if I married a woman and she got sick and had a, uh, breast cancer or something, and I didn't uh, like the way she looked anymore, so I decided to divorce her and for someone else. Well, I'm sorry. It's better or for worse. That person got sick. You own them for the rest of your life, their lives. is the way it should be. But if two people just have a falling out and they don't grow any longer and they, and they get divorced, why should one person have to support the other for life? I mean, have them uh, give them a uh, safety valve where they can uh, uh, be able to go on to lives with a different distribution of assets, give them some alimony for a period of time, but let them split up. What I find interesting in my uh, consulting practice is when the alimony ends, for a lot of these people, they become friends. It's the most amazing thing you ever wanted to see. <laughs> they, uh, they, they, they're no longer fighting over money, but we do a negotiated settlement. Uh, that, that, that the receiving spouse gets some kind of uh, uh, compensation for ending it, and the pay gets finality. I had a guy pay his ex-wife $1.4 million in Maryland to end the alimony, and he was happy as can be. He said, oh, now I can go on with my life and make as much money as I want. It was over. Yeah, I love it. All right, that sounds really good. So um, your law was passed in 2011, is that right? It was signed into law by the governor on uh, September 26, 2011, right. and it went into effect on March 1, 2012. So for your particular state, does that mean that everyone uh, was grandfathered into this law, or that's only new applicants after March 1, 2012 um, were able to enjoy the benefits of the new law? Okay, you, you asked a wonderful question. We have two types of uh, divorces, uh, agreements, uh, and judgments. One is a surviving agreement, one is a, modif uh, a marriage agreement. Mm -hmm. uh, an agreement that people have that survives means that it can never be changed, and those, those people are out of luck. They made a business deal between the two of them, and they said, well, we can never change this, and they're out of luck with it. However, somebody with a modifiable agreement or a marriage agreement can go back in to apply for modification to terminate their alimony based on durational limits. So, for instance, if someone was paying alimony, uh, let me back up a little bit, if someone had a 
uh, a 10-year alimony obligation and they've been paying for 12 years, they can go in and file for modification and turn into alimony. So the person who is filing for um, modification and is successful, they might be subject to the new law, the current law. Is that correct? They're all successful. Yeah, everyone, yeah, yes. Awesome. That's great. All right. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show. We're talking about lifetime alimony reform. Should we pass this in our states? Should we not? Should we leave it at a state level? Should we bump it up to the federal level? Um, We're going to be talking about this and more when we come back from the break. guys want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less linda gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over twenty thousand men tackle relationship issues business goals conflict resolution and lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back realize the benefits now go to the men's advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way That's www.themensadvocate.com slash coaching. You've heard her on The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. The Law Offices of Michael W. Brown gives the right answer for you, not just the legal answer. Initial consultations are always free. Save this number now, 949-636-8128. That's the Law Offices of Michael W. Brown, 949-636-8128. Thanks for tuning in to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM, where men can be men. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about lifetime alimony reform. By the way, I just wanted to let you know about our upcoming show, which is happening on Wednesday, December 9. That's Wednesday, December 9. I'll be having author Sean James on my show, and he's going to talk about ways that single mothers destroy their sons. So they think they're doing their sons a favor by raising sons in a certain way, but actually uh, these sons grow up destroyed in many aspects of their life. It's going to be a really great topic. I hope you can join us. That's next Wednesday, December 9, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, so let's hop back in. And uh, by the way, I'm also, uh, my heart goes out to the shooting victims in San Bernardino. I guess there's I haven't really been able to follow it because my show is on right now while this is all going on. But our prayers, uh, you know, to the victims and their families in San Bernardino. All right. So let's hop back on to um, our topic. Uh, We have on our guest, Steve Hitner, and also um, he's the Massachusetts representative. And we have on my other guest, Steve Clark, who's the California representative. Steve, um, even though uh, your law has passed in your state, you mentioned that you're now doing uh, some consulting. So one of the areas of consulting that you do is you prep applicants how to go before a judge or how to go, you know, to court. So tell us a little bit about that. What what should they prepare? How should they dress? How should they act? What should they say um, in order to get a favorable, favorable response from the judge and from the court? Well, you know, when you're working with these folks, you're playing with their rules and their toys and their, uh, on their ball field. And you have to, in order to become a playmaker, you have to be a team player. Uh, so when you go to court, you have to be organized. 
you have to have all your paperwork set up with a timeline of what's happened and when. The evidence, uh, the paper evidence to show the bills you paid, uh, to show whatever agreements were made uh, in an orderly fashion. Uh, you have to dress neatly, speak well, call the judge, Your Honor, uh, little things like that. Uh, and uh, I prepare people to go pro se, uh, who are going pro se. Pro se means that you're representing yourself um, in a manner that they can get what they want done uh, and without alienating the judge or the other party. Most, most of what I do uh, besides that is I help people to negotiate their own deals with their ex-spouses, which is a, it's an amazing thing. Uh, when you teach people, and empower people by educating them to what the law is and um, a little bit of psychology uh, and show them how they can show the benefit to terminating their alimony with their ex-spouse without having to go to court and go over and fight with them. That sounds like a really good idea, but it seems like, you know, these divorces are contentious because there is a breakdown in communication, meaning that if we were, they were speaking so well to each other, they probably wouldn't be getting a divorce. <laughs> well, let's, well, let's talk about this now. Uh, people, the receiving spouse wants some kind of security, and the paying spouse wants fidelity to it. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle is a deal. As simple as that. Right. Uh, and any uh, mediations that I do, the uh, is usually one person who feels uh, aggrieved. And like I was telling a woman uh, a few weeks ago in a mediation, I said, "Don't let your your anger affect your business decision. Get a business decision on this, right? Uh, and get rid of that. You, you you have three parts to a marriage. You have the physical, the emotional, and the financial. You made a deal. We have to figure out how you can negotiate out of this deal in a way that they both can survive and go on with your life." Right. If you've just tuned in, you're welcome to call us. We have a few minutes left to take your calls at 951-922-3532, 951-922-3532. So uh, we were talking about trying to get your spouse on the same page. Um, Steve Hittner, I've actually heard of a couple of cases where the couple sold the house and the husband gave up more than 50% and just gave the the receiving uh, spouse just a lump sum of money. Like, I don't want to pay at lifetime alimony. But here is a settlement, and you're going to get it all up, you know, all up front, more than the 50%, you know, just be, by uh, dividing the, the, the house uh, equity. What do you think about that? It's a great deal, a great way to go. Uh, many people uh, do it. Uh, as I said before, the receiving spouse wanted some kind of security. They got the house and some money. They'll go to start the life over again. And the paying spouse got a finality to it. That person can go back on, go on with their lives and make as much money as they want without worrying about getting a letter in the mail. Right. So it's a win-win for both parties. Of course it is. So I, I guess the message here is, yes, there are laws in your state, but that doesn't mean that you can't think outside the box, that, you know, everything is negotiable, especially, you know, either in real estate or in the legal field. Most of the time you can negotiate something that's equitable for both parties and present that and hopefully it gets signed off and, you know, both parties win. The problem is that people think that they have to have a lawyer involved in all these cases. And the main reason for getting a lawyer is either to keep from getting screwed or to screw somebody else. And, and they have to get past that and sit down with a good, good mediator and mediate this thing out. And they can do it if they just get, the, get rid of the anger. It's over. Move on. Right. And Steve Hittner, you were also saying something about one of your biggest con constituents was female help. So tell us a little bit about that. Why did they rally your cause? Well, for several reasons. Number one, they were either paying alimony to an ex-spouse who didn't uh, want to work anymore. I had one woman who was being threatened to be thrown out of her house because her ex-husband, who was a builder, decided to become a yoga instructor and wasn't <laughs> making any money. Yeah. Uh, I've had um, uh, women who uh, were losing their alimony to a jerk who didn't want to pay for some reason, and they deserve to be paid. Um, I've had uh, some elderly women come to me crying about uh, they were going to lose their alimony with the new law. And I said, well, what was your issue? And when, when they explained the issue was, we able to help them through, through the process. Uh, so they didn't, so they had some kind of compensation for it and some time to restructure their life. 
Right. Awesome. All right. So are there any exceptions to the rule, meaning that people that really the, the receiving spouse really should get lifetime alimony outside? I think you've mentioned previously um, if the person is disabled or um, what was the other condition? If something, if something happens right. after, after the marriage is over, well, that's what we have uh, programs for. But right. if someone left them because of a situation, it's, it's, it's not right. You know, nobody wants the rug pulled out from under them, just like nobody wants to pay alimony for life. So come up with something in between, and it works. Right. So is there a situation where um, the receiving spouse should get lifetime alimony? Let's say both of them are able-bodied, both of them are under 50, both of them have, you know, the ability to get a, get a good job. Um, are, are there situations where there are exceptions to people who are in those categories, and yes, they should continue to get lifetime alimony? Not in our law. In order for someone to get uh, alimony uh, for a lifetime or to or, or have a deviation from the, from the guidelines, they have to prove with clear, with clear and convincing evidence need. Right. So what we've done is we've switched it from the ability to pay to need. The first thing we did on our task force, by, which is interesting, we, we gave a definition of alimony that says it all. Alimony is the payment of support to a spouse in need from a spouse with the ability to pay for a reasonable length of time. It says it all. Right. I think we should also supplement these laws with, I mean, I'm not in favor of putting the woman out on the street or the receiving spouse out on the street. Uh, rather than, you know, the, the laws the way they are, maybe we should embark on um, I don't know, education or some sort of rehabilitation to where we can take them to a better paying job, to where they can be self-sufficient. A lot of these laws sometimes keep people stuck. So, um, you know, let's, let's help them get out of that stuckness. What do you, what do my, you ex my ex wife became a hermit over the ability to collect down money for life. And she eventually died a few months ago, uh, a lonely person. If she was told to get a job and, she would have met people. She would have had a better life than she, what she had, but the alimony. And I think that the alimony for life is a, does a disservice to the women who uh, would do much better if they're in the workforce. So do you agree with uh, state-run programs or government-run uh, programs that would help rehabilitate somebody and, and get them to a better station in life financially? There are many programs. and we used to, I used to publish them. I still do on my website, the Mass Alimony Reform website. There are many programs available to men and women to help them get back on their feet and, and, and grow. Except right. that some people just don't want to. They just want to be taken care of, and that's it. Right. You're on with my guest, Steve Hittner. You can reach Steve at uh, usdivorcemediation.com. That's usdivorcemediation.com. You're also on with my guest, uh, Steve Clark. Reach him at calalimonyreform.org calalimonyreform.org um, uh, I've enjoyed having you both on uh, we're going to have part two of this uh, conversation and that will be coming up Wednesday December 16 we're going to talk to the representative in South Carolina and what he's doing in his state with, with, with regard to alimony reform apparently a bill was just passed to form a uh, study committee uh, and that's to be decided at the end of this month, uh, December, uh, the outcome of that with regard to what they're going to do with their laws. So um, anyway, I've enjoyed uh, everybody, my guests here and my listening audience. Please check us out next Wednesday. Uh, we're on live 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you can't catch us live, catch us on the TuneIn app forward slash Linda Gross and uh, do all your binge listening, listen to previous shows and the show live. All right, and it is the holiday season, so please use my Amazon link. It supports my, uh, it supports my show, um, and it's no cost to you. Hit the Shop Now button on my Amazon, Amazon link. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week.